This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode five of Spin Control. This, of course, is Shiloh, your host. And today we're going to talk about how I safely made it back to reality. Yes, all those festivities I've been planning for so very long are now over. And we'll get back to the day-to-day grind of trying to make my fiber fantasies a reality again. So today's been a really tough day. It is Thursday, May, whatever date it is. Well, and I had to go back to work after about five full days off, which is never fun because, of course, there's like a million emails have piled up. There's messages on the phone. Everybody's been trying to get a hold of me despite the fact that I told them I wouldn't be around. Left, you know, a little out-of-office reply automatically on my on my inbox. But still, they were like, well, we know you're out of town, but as soon as you get back, make sure you call me so we can catch up on what's been going on as if they couldn't handle it themselves. It was only like five work days, and I was completely bombarded. But I did manage to stay awake all day long, get through all of those emails, return probably 50% of the calls, so I survived the vacation and the return from the vacation. The best part about this week, though, is it's only a two-day week, and then I get a weekend to recover from this two-day week. So, I survived. I'm back to the grind squeezing little bits of crafting in wherever I can find the time. So, I guess it's time we get things started. This week in Spin a Tale, I'm going to tell you a little story about taking a crushing blow as a parent, but finding a little funny in it to make the transition a little bit easier. These days, I find myself a little sad that my youngest child, who will be nine this summer, is losing her sense of whimsy. She's starting to find disbelief. And that, of course, is a sign that she is growing up and developing into, you know, a well-adjusted human being. That's hard for me as a mother to know that my baby girl isn't really a baby anymore. It was really hard when she stopped saying really cute words like hangaburr, you know, all those little cute things that kids say when they mispronounce words. We think they're absolutely adorable. That was crushing. But now she has stopped believing. That's really hard for me. I have no idea why it's so hard. She doesn't believe in Santa anymore or the Easter bunny or the tooth fairy. And over the past like four months, this has all of course come about. Now, okay, she's growing up, my last little girl. I'm not having any more kids, that's for sure. Two is plenty. And she's growing up, and I'll never get those years back. But thankfully, the fates have kind of turned things in my favor, and they're mixing this loss of whimsy in with an outrageously hilarious little girl that just makes it a lot easier of a transition for me. Well, when we discovered that she didn't believe in Santa anymore, it was January. And I think I was doing a load of laundry. I came back upstairs from the basement and she's sitting on my husband's lap facing him. And she has his shirt in both hands and she's shaking him wildly and screaming, just say it, 
Just say it. Admit it. Just say it. I know that you are Santa. Just say it. And he's just laughing his butt off and I just couldn't help myself. I was cracking up. It was the most hilarious thing that I've ever seen in my life. He didn't admit it, of course, and neither did I. We just laughed because it was funny. (sighs) Now the Easter Bunny. That was more recently. Of course, you know, the air quotes Easter Bunny stopped by our house, brought her a little treat. She woke up in the morning and everybody was happy and everything was wonderful. And, you know, put on our little Easter dresses, went to church, went to grandma's house, did an egg hunt. All the usual things that we do here in the U.S. I'm not totally familiar with all of the traditions, you know, internationally. We mix the pagan. That's okay. I'm comfortable with that. And everything went fine. Now, a couple days later, she's got this little stuffed bunny that was in her basket. And she's holding it by the ears and she's chit-chatting with me. And then she gets this perplexing look on her face. And she starts digging around on the bunny's ear. Just digging and digging and digging. And she pulls out one of those plastic ends from the store tag and she looks at me and she goes store bought mom store bought mom store bought then she tosses the tag aside and was done with it like that was the end all be all the truth that she needed to find to solidify the fact that she knew the easter bunny is not real Last week, we had a little visit from the Tooth Fairy, and all day leading up to it after her tooth fell out, my daughter's asking me how much money I'm going to leave her, trying to figure out how much cash I have in my purse to see how well she's going to make out when the air quote Tooth Fairy shows up. So that's just the last four months. She's totally, totally been able to connect the reality that blows away all of this fantasy that we built up in her childhood. I'm still not sure if I'm convinced whether or not that's not a cruel thing for a parent to do, you know, to create all these fantasy things that kids are supposed to believe in. It's adorable. We love it. It's tradition. It's what we do. It's what we've always done. And it's probably what she'll do with her kids too. But it's sad that my little girls are growing up and I guess I'll have to deal with that and just find solace in the fact that I know I will get to laugh at the rest of their development until they are adults and they leave my house. We still have wonderful things like puberty and learning how to drive and all of that stuff ahead of us. So that's my spin a tale for this week. Now let's turn to spinning my wheels. Of course, as you know, I got all my deadline knitting done and I can start working on some of those projects that I've had just languishing over there in the you know, the dreaded basket next to the couch. Well, in spinning, which doesn't hang out in the basket by the couch, I finished the last little bit of the brown sheep mill ends that I was working on. I got about 650 yards of heavy worsted out of that one. And and that doesn't include a really tiny little extra skein I had that's about 20 yards. And what I think I'm going to do with that one, I think I mentioned this before, is dye it with Kool-Aid dye. I think I'm going to stain it with tea and then do like a black cherry over dye and see how that works out. And thankfully I have that little 20 yard sample that I can use for my practice to see if I um, totally F it up or not. We'll see how that goes. I'll keep you posted. In addition, I have been spinning some 
Superwash Merino that I got from Diabolical Yarns. I'll link to Diabolical in the show notes. It is very, very red. Very red. It's very, very red. There really isn't a whole lot of depth to the color. It's actually a pretty flat color, but that's okay because I got it on sale and I'm just kind of screwing around with it to see what happens. It's only about four ounces and it was cheap. So I'm kind of playing with that. I'm about two thirds of the way through that so far. And that's really all I've been doing with spinning. And I've also been contemplating trying to work with a spindle a little bit more because for some reason, me and the spindle are the total suck. Totally not good with a spindle. I have no idea what it is. I just can't get it. I can spin on a spindle, but I really can't get past park and draft. And that's something I think I want to conquer here in the near future. In knitting, I cast on a pair of socks with my hand dyed that I had talked about in the past. It is a specialty dye superwash that I got from Sheepshed Studio and those I'm doing toe up. I think everybody when it comes to doing those standby patterns, you know, the ones that you hold that it's like, oh, well, I need something to travel with. So I'll make this hat that I've made a million times or, oh, I, you know, need something quick. I can whip out just to have it knit night. Well, for me, it's a toe up sock because it's really easy. I don't have to do a pattern and I kind of have my own way that I like to do it and I can do it without looking at any references. And I think everybody probably, well, any sock knitter probably has a pattern like that that they go to. It's pretty much just a vanilla sock. For me, my toe up is really simple. I use the easy cast on that was published in Knitty. There's, there's an article with toe up sock cast ons in it. There's like four or five different cast on me and the figure eight. Yeah. Not a pretty pair that just never worked out no matter how hard I tried. So I took that easy cast on and I modified it to work for me. I usually cast on about 14 stitches with the easy cast on, use a provisional crochet chain cast on, pick up 14 stitches, then I knit three rows in stockinette, and then you go back and unzip that provisional and start working in the round. I have a favorite toe increase and that's just the bar increase because it's so super easy. And when I look at it, I know a lot of people don't really like to see the bar, but I like the bar because you don't have to think about whether or not it's left leaning or right leaning because the bar is the bar. It's symmetrical. I do it the same way on both sides. It gives me a look I like. So that's probably, that's about as far as I've gotten so far. I have, I'm knitting two at a time, but not on any sort of magic loop two at a time on separate DPNs because I have issues with that. I get really bored if I don't get to go back and forth and, and do things. It's not a process versus project issue, but that definitely is a topic for a completely different podcast. <laughs> we will definitely talk about process versus project knitter in the future. And I am neither kind of knitter. I'll just tell you that much. But anyway, I've finished the toe on one sock. I'm halfway up the toe on the other and they're progressing pretty well. In addition to that though, I have two other pairs of socks on the needles. One of them is too detailed to take out in public with me, and the other one is too boring to keep my interest. I've had it on the needles forever. I really want this pair of socks though. The yarn is a lot thinner than I thought it would be, but the fabric is very soft and squishy, and I really, really like it. So I want them to be done, but I just don't want to work on them to get them done. It's killing me. Poor socks. One day they will be socks and not just yarn piled at the bottom of a bag holding it down. 
And of course, the other project that I want to tackle is a sweater for me. I haven't actually made myself a full sweater. I kind of am inching my way toward that. I've made two garments for myself. One is the tank top, of course, and the other is the pattern cleaves, which is pretty much just a boob holder with sleeves on it. He <laughs> boob holder. <laughs> so I haven't really made a full garment. I've made the top part of a garment and the bottom part of a garment, but I've never actually made a full sweater for myself. So that's kind of what I'm contemplating next for myself, but I really don't have any idea what kind of pattern I want to start with. If any of you have like a great pattern that you think would be perfect for a first full sweater, feel free to pass that on because I have no idea what I want to knit. I just know I want to do a full sweater. And that really is all I've got going on in spinning my wheels. And now it's time for me to get all spun up. And this week, I'm all spun up about Pearl Jam and Eddie Vedder. I've been a Pearl Jam fan for nearly 20 years. That's pretty pitiful, but true. They're my all-time favorite band, still to this day. They have been since I heard the first song from the 10 album. I love them. I just love them. That's kind of that whole... 90s grunge rock thing that pretty much defined my personality when I was growing up. I love them. And I'm all spun up about them this week because even though I've been a fan for nearly 20 years, I have never seen them live until this week. My dear sweet husband, the dear doll wonderful man that he is, sacrificed his own happiness to take me to see Pearl Jam live. He hates the band. But as kind of a Mother's Day present, he got me tickets to Pearl Jam and he accompanied me to see them. It was fantastic. It was a great show. We were quite far away, but it was totally worth it. They sounded just as good live as they do recorded and it was perfect. I didn't care how far away we were. It was awesome. It was a great show with great fans and they played for like two hours and 20 minutes. Ugh, it was fantastic. So this week, I'm all spun up about Pearl Jam. So, since I've spent quite a bit of time focused on, you know, that one event that we're not going to talk about anymore, I really don't have a whole lot to put my spin on. But I thought I'd take this opportunity to tell you a little bit about how I'm getting on with the Wooly Winder. I've heard a lot about the Wooly Winder, which is why I didn't just order one online. I actually wanted to use it in person first before I purchased it, which is pretty hard to do unless you catch them at like a show or a festival like I did. So I bought my Wooly Winder. I brought it home. I had to hurry up and finish the Sheepshed Studio so I could get that off my bobbins and finish that project up and attach the Wooly Winder to my wheel. And that's what I've been doing with that sail merino yarn that I got from Diabolical is spinning it on the Wooly Winder. So far I have spun about two and a half, almost three ounces on the Wooly Winder and it's working out really, really well. I absolutely am loving it. I've heard some people complain that theirs was loud and it was jerky or whatever, but once I figured out like where the tension wanted to be on the Wooly Winder, we started getting along really, really well and I found it very easy to use and I'm really liking it. 
and the instructions that it came with were absolutely perfect for getting it attached to my wheel and adjusting the fit and making sure everything was fine. I'm digging it. I definitely would recommend that if you are considering a woolly winder, try to see if someone you know or maybe a local yarn shop or someone has one that you could try or try to catch them at a show like I did. It wasn't until I actually sat down and tried it in person that I was convinced that I wanted to buy that product. And with the Wooly Winder, the bobbin that it came with, plus one additional bobbin, shelling out over 200 bucks is definitely something that I would recommend you try in person before you make the commitment. The Wooly Winder guy seemed really nice and I'm sure that they would do a refund if it didn't work for you, but definitely I recommend you try it if you've ever considered it. I'm totally enjoying mine. Well, it looks like it's just about time to spin off and close this thing out with a few of my final thoughts. To start with, I want to say thank you to everybody who has taken the time to drop me notes on the show notes page and over there in Ravelry and all of you who have joined the group and are following me on Twitter. I really think that's fantastic. It makes me feel good to know that there are people out there listening and I'm not just talking to myself still. It's been about five weeks and it doesn't look like I'm going anywhere soon and I'll be around for a while. So if you want to, feel free to drop me a note and let me know if there's anything else you are interested in hearing from me about. I am more than willing to consider your suggestions. Doesn't mean that I will include every single thing you ask for, but I will definitely consider your suggestions. Also, I wanted to apologize if my voice quality is a little rough this week, but after the travels and changing environments twice and screaming at the top of my lungs at a Pearl Jam concert, my voice is a little rough. And also, I would like to hear more about you. So if you would like to, I'm going to start a thread on the Ravelry board where you can tell me what has you excited. I want to hear what's got you all spun up. As the weeks go on and I think that will help us spark up some conversation over there so we can end up with a really fun rivalry group. Thanks again to all of you for tuning in every week. I hope you're enjoying it. I know that I certainly am and as always you can check the show notes at spincontrolpodcast.com email me at a joyfulgirlknits at gmail.com catch me on Ravelry as a joyful girl or follow me on Twitter as a joyful girl made. Thanks again for tuning in. Talk to you soon. Myself a telegram. Well, you're okay again. Well, at ease, you're man. Please don't say where we're going. The bite is in the knowing. Why the author writes a sunny day and the painter paints away in the gray.
your eyes But your face It's like the empty space Held inside the Things 